Welcome to In The Room, the Vital Leadership Podcast. Vital Church is a multicultural, bilingual church located in McAllen, Texas. Visit our website, vitalchurch.com, where you'll find links to all our media platforms. For now, sit in the room with us as Pastor Carla leads the conversation, Pastor Charlie adds commentary, and the Vital Church staff provides input and feedback on topics of church ministry, leadership, vision, culture, and more. We also sprinkle in a little Spanish, a little humor, and some storytelling. Let's get in the room. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome back. We're praying for a great week again. And on today's uh, podcast, we're going to have Pastor Ozzy lead the conversation today. So let's hear for Pastor Ozzy. Let's give up. <laughs> Pastor Carla is in the room. She's taking a break, though. She's going to sit in with us. So, Ozzy, go ahead and let's get started. Wow. Well, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Pastor Carl has been doing such a great job in the podcast. How many of you guys have been enjoying it? Man? Hey, yeah, come on. I want to talk about something that is, is very near to me because it's something that I'm still working on. I didn't want to come out here and talk about something that, you know, like I have it all together. I wanted to talk to you about something that I'm still working on. Good. I've titled this Productive and Efficient. Mm, come on. Productive and Efficient. So again, it's something I'm still learning. I've never really got taught how to manage my time before, you know. And so within the last year, you know, I have a coach. Shout out to Pastor David, David Woo! Gomez. Let's go. Um, and, uh, and he's really been helping me just organize myself and time management. And so I wanted to give you some, a couple of the things that I've learned in the last, uh, you know, year or so. Let me give you a little bit of background on myself. I, I was the kind of person, to a certain point, I'm still that person that I feel like I wanted to help people. I wanted to help everyone. Here in the office, it meant that whatever technology-related question, I was there to help them because it's something that I like. I'm passionate about technology. I, I'm a little nerd in that way. And I like photography, video, you know, live stream, that kind of stuff. Let me interject here uh -huh. because it is true. I think everybody in this room has relied on Ozzy for one thing or another. Yeah, he's just... <laughs> He's just one of those guys that knows enough about everything to help everyone. <laughs> so. I, I like what he said. He knows enough. I don't know it all. Yeah. Definitely not know it all. And I'm not an expert in any of the fields, but just enough that I felt like I can help in a little way. You're a uh, good researcher, too. If you don't yeah. know it, you look it up and find answers. So that's awesome. Yeah, I like those things. But at the same time, when I helped everybody, I realized I never finished my work. Come so on. the things that yeah. were important to my area, to what I'm in charge of, I never got to finish. Wow. I remember having a conversation some months ago with Pastor Carla. And she's just trying to take away things from me because she sees, like, how many things I was, you know, doing. And I remember even having that conversation with Pastor David. And, and he just had me list all the things that I was doing. And he's like... Man, I guarantee you, you talk to your pastors, a lot of those things, they don't want you to do that. Right. You took them up on yourself wow. and, and, and you started doing that, but I guarantee you, they're not requiring you to do that. And so when I had that conversation with them, like half the stuff is like, we don't want you to do this anymore. Like, and yeah. let's find a way to, you know, have somebody else do and this. And I remember Carla following up with meetings with everybody yeah. uh, <laughs> after that conversation and said, okay, you guys... You're responsible for this. It's no longer Ozzy. We got to take this off of his hands. So Yeah. So I've been making a lot of changes about the things that are in within my area. Poor time management results in well-intentioned leaders who consistently allow the urgent to overwhelm the important. Mm. I think I was well-intentioned in trying to help people, but then the urgent happened and then I didn't have enough time for my, my things. You know, right. I'm a youth pastor. One of the main roles is youth ministry. I always told my wife, I feel like I'm a 40%, 50% youth pastor mm. because I had a, other duties or other roles. 
and I couldn't pay it 100% of my attention to youth ministry. And again, a lot of those things were because I picked them up on my own and just started running with them because I saw that there was a need. And so all of this is very important to me. So I got a couple of points, three points, and then we'll go through some discussion questions. Point number one is the importance of scheduling our values. Schedule your values. Wow. What's important to you? What's important to your area where you work? What is important? Prioritize what's most important to you. Create a list, not just in your area, but in your life. Mm. What are the values? What are the things that are important to you? I remember Pastor David asked me to turn in a, a, a list of that, of the things that you value the most. And I remember I wrote that list, you know, family, kids, wife, youth ministry, this, that, church. And I never put there time alone with God. Mm. And he comes back to me and he says, this list is wrong. He goes, you forgot the most important thing as a minister and as any person, as any Christian is your time alone, your devotional with God. And wow. I said, I was thinking like, well, pastor, that's kind of like a given. Like that's, <laughs> and he's like, if you don't write it down, if it wasn't important on your list, then it's not going to be important in your day. Wow. Come on. And that that's just kind of like hit me because... Yeah, there's all of these things that are important, but number one should always be a relationship with God, our time alone with God, our devotional with God. So it's important to prioritize what is most important to you. I would say here under values, your values always dictate your life, period. Yes. And if we're talking about time management, there are things that based on your values are going to be an automatic no. There's going to be things that, doors that will open, opportunities that will be offered to you that if you have your values straight, one of the people that comes to mind is Abraham, who's in our staff. Yeah. He is a career audio engineer, but he determined very young in life, and this is ministered to me, and I've used this example when I've preached. He determined very young in life that God gave him this talent, and he was going to dedicate it unto God and God alone, and that he wasn't going to take on opportunities for the secular. And that was just a personal conviction. That's not judgment on anybody. That's just was personal conviction. He said, this is what I'm going to do for the Lord. A lot of people came and said, hey, you're wasting your talent. Hey, you, you would have greater opportunities. You could win Grammys with your talent if you would go secular. And it was just a value mm -hmm. that he held on to dearly. And so a lot of the projects that came his way were an automatic no, just because they didn't align to his values. The content on those records the lyrics on those songs, they didn't align to his values. That allowed him to focus on the things that he held valuable. Yeah. You know, the testimony in all of this is that he now is a multi-Grammy Award uh, winning audio engineer without ever having, come on, let's hear it for Abraham. Yeah. Without ever having to compromise on his convictions, without ever having awesome. to violate his own values. So that's just a, a little footnote that I wanted to add that your values will help you in time management automatically. Yeah, your values should determine where you spend your time, uh, what you spend doing, you know. Good time management doesn't mean you do more. It just means you do more of what matters most. Come on. If you value family, you're with family more, right? If you value your area, your job, in the time that you're here at work, you do more of that. And so it's important to determine those values. One of the things that really helped me in my own life, you know, as a pastor, you invite guests sometimes. And I remember one ministry agreement form that I got, and it said something at the very top, you know, hey, thank you for the invite. Pastor such and such is honored. However, he does take on 
the opportunities that are going to be of the most impact for the kingdom wow. of God. And I kind of took that. Now in my life, mm -hmm. me being pulled in so many different directions, that's one of the things that's on my yeah. ministry agreement form because you have to learn to prioritize, focus on the things that, as you said, matter the most. Yeah. Obviously, you don't want to compromise on family. You don't want to compromise on your own mm -hmm. convictions. But you also, in accepting more tasks, what's going to be most effective? Yeah. And, you know, the thing is that sometimes we, we live a life that is frustrated because we don't get things done, mm. right? You feel like, man, se, se fue el día, the day's over, the day gone. and I didn't get things done, and, or I didn't finish this, and you know. But I wanna say there's a difference between the values that you embrace and the life you live equals the frustration that you experience. Wow, so, so true. The difference between the values you embrace and the life you live, because they're two different things. You might hold on to certain values, but you don't give it the time so it creates frustration. Wow. So it's almost like you violate your own expectations of yourself. Right, yeah. And it brings exactly. frustration. And so we have to determine your, your, your non-negotiables because they're going to go on the calendar first. That's one of the things that, again, in, in this coaching that, that we've seen that, okay, what are the top three things that you value most? Mm. Those are the first things that got to go in your calendar. You can't negotiate your time with these. You might be able to negotiate time with some other smaller tasks, but these you cannot negotiate. Like for me, one of the things that we determined was my sermon prep. You know, part of my duty as a youth pastor is to bring a word to the young people. And I was negotiating with the time, my sermon prep, it was managed around everything else. Mm. And so I had to set it in stone. These days is sermon prep, nothing else. Yeah. Close the door, put the tag on the door, do not disturb, yeah. put my headphones on, you know, noise canceling on, so I don't hear anything that's the going phone on. Phone and vibrate. Phone and vibrate. <laughs> Whatever. Turn off if Turn you can, even if you the, the text messages, and just focus in on that task because that's a non-negotiable for me. Wow. So we all probably have non-negotiables in our area that should be the first thing that you put on your calendar, and so that's important. For church leaders, I think after God, if we were to prioritize that list that mm -hmm. you were talking about, it's God, family, and then church. One of the mistakes that church leaders we make a lot is that we equate church with God and we think that God and church are the same thing and oftentimes we'll put the church before their family wow, that's good. and you need to understand that your first ministry it's been said for generations is your family yeah uh, that's where you start in fact your credibility as a man as a woman of God on the stage before people is your efficiency this is even biblically speaking your own home. If you cannot manage, if you cannot lead your own home, then you have no business, according to scripture, leading the church. Wow. And so just understand that God and church are not the same thing. In this room full of church leaders, yeah. I want you guys to take that to heart. God is one thing. If you don't put God first, then everything else is not going to align. You know, Matthew yeah. 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else will be added unto it. So God is first, no doubt. But second to that is family yeah. and then church you yeah. know for most people it would be family and then work wow okay yeah. uh work might be where you spend most of your time yes but that means that you just have to be extra intentional with the time you do have with family abraham, abraham. uh taking it a step further in our hispanic especially church culture that we grew up in sometimes we take as leaders our god 
Wow. And we treat them like that. Yeah. It's a dangerous slope to fall into. Come on. I think we've all had friendships, pastors, kids. We were born in the ministry. So many of the frustrations that we see, and not just uh, pastors, kids, but people that have grown up in ministry. Right. Is that there comes a point where you can't differentiate between the voice of God and the voice of the leader. Wow. And and that's very dangerous. Maybe expand on that a little bit. Well, it's very prevalent in our day and age. Many churches can become cultish because there's so much weight. There's such a high premium on the leader, even more so than on God. And this is why it's important for every believer to have a direct line with God that you have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, that he give you discernment. Because just because somebody calls themselves a leader, and even if they do have an anointing, it does not mean that you are more loyal to them than Come you on. are to God. That's true. And God is asking you to prioritize your family before even the church. And so again, if somebody's asking you to sacrifice what is most important, your own family, your own ministry for theirs come on out we're on to something there okay there are church leaders that are asking you to sacrifice your own ministry for theirs what is your ministry your family you know you can keep us in check on this don't ever allow us to do that don't let anybody do that your first ministry is your family and i'll give you a personal testimony i guess you could say about that because i said it earlier I was never taught time management, like, you know, value the things that are most important to you. So when we got here, me and my wife got here to Vital Church, we kept hearing, go home, <laughs> be with your families. Yeah. Don't plan anything on a Saturday, right. you know. And to me, all that was weird is like, here we are wanting to have meetings and events and, and, and do more for the church. And the pastors are telling us, no, go home, be with your kids. And at first I didn't understand it because I, w- I wasn't raised like that in the right. church. I was raised, you do as much as you can, you give as much as you can, and, you know, you leave it all at the church. And uh, and here we come to a place where they're telling us to go home. It, it wasn't until much later that I started to understand, you know, that everything has a cost. Every time you say yes, every time you say yes, you say no to something else, right? They were trying to help us. Pastor Oz, that goes back to establishing your values. Uh, Carla has often mentioned a conversation that she and I had. We both grew up as PKs, and we grew up under a generation that, as I described earlier, I think they equated church with God. Maybe this was not their intention, but our feeling was that we were second to the church. And um, when we get called into ministry, and I tell Carla, hey, God has pressed it on my heart to consider a church plan in the city of McAllen. I remember that one of her concerns was, hey, I don't want my kids to feel the way that we have felt about the church. And I remember telling her, we don't have to do it the same way. And I think our own experience growing up provoked us to establish that value for family. And I said, we don't have to put our kids second. We don't have to do that the way that we experienced it. So we tried not only to apply it to our lives, but apply it to our leadership. And that's why you get those types of comments sometimes. Guys, go home. Hey, guys. Prioritize your work week so that Saturday, Monday, you are with family. You are with your kids. You are doing family things, you know. And so we try to give that flexibility again because that's a value that we hold dearly. And I think that's very refreshing for people that are serving volunteers here at Vital Church, knowing that pastors care about you and your families. Abraham. It goes back a little bit to the culture that that you were talking about, uh, Ozzy, of urgency. 
our parents in that generation before them was urgently seeking to save as many people as they thought they could save yes because the rapture was coming or yes. because God was coming or Christ was coming and not to say that we don't have the same belief right the approach is different right uh, so everything was urgently aimed at that and while at the same time we were not giving time to right. other things that were just as important yeah So that's why a lot of a lot of kids that grew up under this generation have trouble coming back to church. And yeah, there's uh, a resentment. There's, there's a resentment or rebellion toward that yeah. because of the way they felt, like like Charlie mentioned. It was the urgent in that time and in that generation that made them uh, overlook the importance of family, family ministry. It was like, what's more important, your soccer game or that people are going to hell? You know, right, exactly. your graduation or people right. going to hell, you know? Exactly. And again, it's urgent that we get the the message out there right, right. are we going to lose our family because of it yeah exactly yes. sometimes what you give up is more than what yeah. than what you achieved you know yeah well i want to jump into the second point because it ties down to a lot of the things that we're saying second point is say no to many small things to say yes to a few big things mm -hmm. the barrier to a meaningful life for most leaders is not lack of commitment but overcommitment Wow, uh, I think it's not that we're not committed so enough, but we're overly committed. That is even a lesson that I'm still trying to, you know, learn. And when you say no, I've learned it reduces stress. For sure. Because again, a lot of the times I say yes and I don't have that time even to prepare. So it reduces the stress. I know recently for me, uh let me brag on my wife for a little bit. Y'all hear her on the podcast, but uh <laughs> You know, Pastor Carla, she's not just a pastor's wife. She is the administrator here at church. I always tell people, hey, just like Jesus preached on the boat, you know, on the tip of the boat, that's me, but my wife is driving the boat, you know, and uh, <laughs> she does so much. And aside from what she does at church, she's also a, an amazing mother. I mean, if you guys could spend a couple of days with us, you'd be just so proud of her and surprised at how much she does and how much she gets done at home and how much influence uh, she has in, in the home. You know, she's always driving our kids with school and, and, and their work. I mean, she's the mom that sits down and makes sure that they understand. I'm the, I'm the one that's like, hey, nobody helped me. My parents didn't even know English and I turned out okay. So, you know, you know just, just figure it out, you know. I'm that guy, sorry. Uh, I'm just being transparent. And one of the things that I felt was that I wasn't spending enough time with, with my kids. Mm -hmm. And I remember that I told my wife, I commit to take my kids to basketball practice and to be there even when she can't. But for me, it was me scheduling my time with my boys. I'm like, if I enroll them in basketball, that's going to force me, you know, every Monday and the games on Saturday, it's going to force me to put it on the schedule. And that's going to be extra time that I get to spend with my kids. For me, it was like, don't just, don't just give them the time that is left over, like schedule them schedule. in an activity that they like. And my boys love basketball and the drive there and the drive home and uh, giving them tips. And, you know, we'll get home, dad, show me some drills. Hey dad, let's practice passing. Let's practice shooting. And it's just time that I get to spend with my kids. Mm -hmm. And then some of the conversations that you have around basketball, yeah. hey, there's life lessons there. There's discipline. There's uh, dedication. Uh, there's uh, learning how to overcome failure yeah. lessons. You know, all of those things. Again, find those things, those things that align with your values, schedule them in, 
And then that helps you say no to other things. For me, it was like learning to leave here on time because there's a practice that yeah. I got to get to. Or you know what? Finish your sermon on Friday because Saturday your boys have a game. You were saying about having meaningful conversations with their kids. We always ask our kids, how, how was your day at school, right? And they're boys, so they're like three words. It was good. It was good. <laughs> it was good, Fine, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's it. And then we're like, well, what was good about it? <laughs> Elaborate. I don't know. It's hard to get a word out of them. Yesterday, we, we hadn't had a day like this in a long time where we were just home in the afternoon and we went out and the day was beautiful and, and we were playing basketball. I was playing with, with the boys. And it's crazy because in the middle as we're playing, Ryan starts, Dad, my dad's school was really good. And he starts telling me his day. Wow. And I was like, I didn't even ask him at this point. But the fact that we were spending time together and right. we were playing together, he just felt, oh, let me open up and let me talk to my dad. And so one time it hit me really hard because we had been really busy in the afternoons. We really hadn't had a day, you know, just to be home with the boys or whatnot and play with them. And I remember one day, uh, you know, my son comes up to me and says, Dad, how come you're never home? Mm. Like, I haven't even seen you. And it hit me. And it's true. Like Pastor Charlie was saying, you have to schedule that in. And it's like Pastor David said to me, if you don't put it on your list, then you're saying, really, it's not that important. Right. And the thing about saying yes, sometimes we think we're busy and we're being productive, but that's a lie. Mm. Just because you're doing things doesn't mean you're productive. Just because you're busy doesn't mean you're doing the right things. Come on. And so we got to do the things which give us the highest return on your time, on your energy, what is going to give you the highest return of investment? Yeah. One of the things that I was learning, you know, some of the best, you know, ministers or, or, or leaders only have three things that they do, three things, and they do them very well. They don't do everything. They right. just do a couple of things very well. Yeah. And I was looking at myself, I'm evaluating myself thinking like, man, I do all of these things, but I'm not hitting the target on any of them. Right. In the early days of our church, mind you, before planting Vital Church, I was a traveling minister. Most weekends a year, I was out of town. And, you know, y'all know music was a big passion of mine. That year, 2013, that we planted the church, I was scheduling myself to go back into the studio. I was writing songs. And right away, about the third month, I'm like, okay, never mind. I realized that music was a passion of mine, not necessarily my calling. And I had to give up something that I was passionate about to pursue my calling. There are things that we love to do that we can do, like mm -hmm. you were saying, but they're distracting us yes. from what God has called us to right. do and what ultimately is going to make us most productive and most effective in terms even of the kingdom. I, I love this quote by Louis, Louis Giglio. He says, whenever you say yes to anything, there is less of you for something else. Mm. Make sure your yes is worth the less. Yeah, come on, that's so good. Make sure your yes is worth the less. So, And I think that's where counting the cost comes into play. It's going to cost you as far as time. What is it going to cost you mentally? Yeah. Because there are things that spend you mentally and then you're done for the rest of the day because you're shot. When I was a youth pastor, we used to have our youth conference and I used to put hours and hours and hours into creating an impressive countdown video. <laughs> when I had spent like days on a countdown video and then they play it. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to get everybody pumped. Everybody's going to start jumping before the service even starts. And it was a countdown video. Like half the people are talking. Half of them are on their, the other half are on their phone. Nobody's paying attention to the video. And I'm losing it. You're stressed out. I'm stressed out. And man, I was like, never again. I'm going to prioritize my message, the sermon, uh, the, the worship, whatever it is, but not the countdown video. And it was something that I really enjoyed. I loved the process 
And I felt I did an amazing job. Yeah. But it just didn't translate. Uh, that was a big life lesson for me. Abraham. I can completely, completely uh, understand. Understand. Creative people live in a different world. Sometimes it ha- it's in that moment yeah. that you're doing something else and you have to drop it because you have to follow that passion, that idea that hit that, you in yeah. that moment right. and you need to be able to carry it out. And if yeah. you lose it, you lost it. Yeah. But the problem with that that I found, being a creative, is that at some point that creativity has to feed my family. Yes, <laughs> come on. And then, then you start realizing that, wait a minute, I have to balance that passion that I have with the fact that I do live in this world. The practicality, yeah. As much as I think I'm not of this world, right. like, th- that doesn't work when I have to pay the bills. Right, right. Like, I can't be absent and say, I'm from Mars, yeah. so I don't have to pay electricity. There was times when I was working on a song, and I, I mix for a living. I do audio, and I make a record sound better. I remember spending two hours on a kick drum. Wow. Trying to get it to sound like the perfect kick drum. And I would frustrate myself and I would replace it and I would change it and I would equalize it and I would compress it and do this and whatever. And then it dawned on me that I've never heard in my life somebody say, you know what, man? Did you hear that song? (laughs) That just came out from Elevation? Yeah. The kick was amazing. <laughs> so true. So you have to, as creatives, we have yeah. to learn to harness that energy back into what Ozzy said, yeah. the things that matter and the things that are important. Wow. Good. That's so good. And it's a great comment because, believe it or not, a lot of creatives don't get that, that your creativity, your talent is great, but it has to produce exactly. enough to produce. for you, for your family, because then again, then you're attending something at... The expense of neglecting another. Yeah. Creo que hoy en día vivimos en, un, en una era donde todo es demasiado rápido, donde las vidas están demasiado ocupadas y la frustración está sentada en cada una de las personas que estamos hoy aquí, creo yo, la frustración del tiempo. Porque es algo que no se regresa, es algo que se acabó tu día y lo que hiciste lo lograste, ¿verdad? Así que creo que este tema, en verdad, escuchar a todos del lado creativo, del lado de los que se estructuran más, de lo que es trabajar para la iglesia, fuera de la iglesia, familia. Algunos estamos solteros aquí, no tenemos la preocupación de los hijos todavía. <risa> yeah. Pero al final de cuentas también estamos frustrados por ciertas cosas de que debía haber ido al gimnasio, no tuve tiempo para ir a platicar con mi chica, no tuve tiempo para eh, <risa> estudiar <risa> cualquier <risa> cosa. Las prioridades de los jóvenes. <risa> las prioridades del joven. <risa> sí, exactamente. Pero bueno, pues al final <risa> de cuentas, eh, pues este, estos no, temas sí. pues son reales. ¿no? So let me summarize. Rodrigo yeah. saying that he feels this subject is very important because we live in such a fast-paced world. At the same time, you can't get time back. That's just one of those gifts that you can't get back. When you heard us laugh, it's because he was saying, even as singles, some of the singles here in the staff, we don't have kids, but, oh, we didn't get to go to the gym. We didn't get to go out on a date. And we're like, oh, <laughs> poor <laughs> singles. The struggle is real. Well, I, I just uh, I want to close it up with this last point, this third last point, which is a lot of what we've been talking about is the importance of creating deadlines for increased effectiveness. Yes. To create deadlines, even personal deadlines. Yes. I have a time scheduled for starting my sermon and ending my sermon. It's a artificial deadline, you could say, right. that I'm imposing on myself. It sure. doesn't have to be that. I know I have another day or, or maybe two more days, but I impose that deadline on myself so that it pushes me to finish 
so that then I can have a margin of time for creativity. Yeah, come on, that's good. The reason sometimes we're not creative is because we don't have a margin of time. Mm. So when you self-impose these deadlines on your work, you create margins. You you begin to dream and think again, you know? It's not just one thing after another after another, and you can't really have that time. So it's important to put those deadlines on our work for increased you know effectiveness. Those, those self-imposed deadlines help people like me. I know there's others in mm -hmm. the room that we work best under pressure, or at least that's what we tell ourselves, uh, <laughs> that we work best under pressure. That's our excuse. <laughs> because, guys, even in sermon prep, I used to be up Saturday night. Sun is rising on Sunday. It's literally 5 in the morning, and I'm finishing my sermon. And we'd, hear, we'd all hear the ding in the... Yeah, oh, you yeah. would hear it, right, in the, yeah, in the middle of the night, 4.30 <laughs> in the morning, <laughs> the notification that my notes were up. If I was up praying, that's why he would hear it. And you know what? And for me, I felt, man, my best sermons are those that I stay up late. And I almost felt like God must see my sacrifice and he honors <laughs> it. You know, he honors it. This year, I started trying to focus on my time management. And one of the things that our ministry coach, you know, my ministry coach also said was put it on the schedule, like a to-do list. And I'm sending a to-do list every workday. I send one to him and to my wife just for accountability. But putting it on the, on the schedule imposing a deadline on yourself, I feel that pressure still. That same pressure that I used to feel on Saturday night going into Sunday, I feel it on Friday afternoon. And guess what? Like the sermons, just as quality as the ones that I was doing, killing myself, no sleep. You know, I'd come home after Sunday and I'd just like be dead like for the rest of the day. Yeah, or yeah, or preaching with your, you know, ojeras. How do you say that in English? That's a bags, 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 bags under, under your ears. People would come up to me and say, Pastor, that was a great sermon, but are you okay? Yeah. Uh, you know? Uh, and also, one thing that has helped me is when you do have those deadlines, or in my case, a to-do list, it boosts your morale because now yeah. you have a metric by which you're measuring yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm like three hours into the day, and I already knocked out half of my to-do yeah. list. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this is a good day. And yeah. I, I feel productive yeah. and energetic, and it kind of... Uh, pushes me it motivates yeah. me to keep going so again yes. it boosts your morale for no, me it, it does we, we're using a program here and I, I won't say the name but we're using a program here that they don't pay us royalties they don't pay us royalties so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're using a program that it's helping us kind of like task manage but one of the things they have this button that it turns green when you say I'm done and it's almost a morale booster that yeah. you're able to hit three buttons in a day or four buttons in a day that, and I finished this, I finished this, I finished this, right? Like, and it does this little confetti thing, wow. like, because you finished the project, you finished it's something. Celebrating it's, it's celebrating your win. It's <laughs> celebrating your win. And it's so true what you're saying, you know, people move more quickly when they're, when the deadline is closer. Yeah. Deadlines help you do three things. Number one, it helps you make decisions faster. Yes. If we know Limitless is three weeks away cut all the non-essential stuff that we had thought about right. that we don't have time for anymore. It's crunch time. It's crunch time, yeah. Uh, number two, it helps you delegate what others can do. Mm -hmm. yes. If I wanted something and I know I'm not going to accomplish it, maybe I'm going to look to the creatives or I'm going to look to yes. somebody else to say, hey, can you help me with this? Because the deadline is looming. It's coming. And, and, and I'm not going to get it done. So it helps you delegate what others can do. And let me tell you something about delegating. There are things that frustrate you in your area. Yeah. Sure. And there are people that are passionate about those same wow. things that frustrate you. That's so good. And that's the importance about delegating because it involves other people and it gives them opportunities to be part of that vision. And so the last thing here, 
uh, it helps you eliminate what you shouldn't be doing in the first place. So you get better results when there's deadlines with less effort. Mm. Once you delegate, you realize what you shouldn't be doing in the first place. Helps you make decisions faster. You'll get better results with less effort. And when you delegate, you always leave on yourself the things that you're good at. Yeah. And that you're passionate about. I remember when you came in, Ozzy, I would do my own graphics. And I remember that, Ozzy, that's one of the things, Pastor, I can take that from you. You know? Yeah, I remember I came in and and I realized how much they were doing. I'm like, you're doing video editing. You're doing the graphic. <laughs> yeah. You're doing your slides. You're doing. He was handling social media. He was, yeah. he was doing his messages. He was counseling. They were doing all of these things. And. And I'm like, no, 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 like, let me, let me handle some of that. And the great thing about that is I started doing some of the video and, and some of his slides, some of the graphics, but then Gotti came in yeah, and it was like, okay, well, let me, let me take that from you, yeah. you know? Yeah. And thank God for Facebook memories. Cause it reminds me, I let go of the right thing because I see like, I get those memories of slides that I used to make or social media posts and compare them to the quality that these guys yeah. are producing. And it's like, man, Charlie, you yeah. let go of the right thing. Praise but, God, because they're doing so much I, better. I want to say real quick, it's easy to delegate the things that you don't like, right? Mm. But it's hard to delegate the things you're passionate about. Yes. yes. But sometimes they are a distraction from your main thing. Wow. Yes. So good. I, I've realized I sometimes I veer into to Charlie's, you know, role, which is live stream. And I like it. I love it. I love yeah. that our church represents what we're already doing in a very excellent way and all that. But then I got to realize that he's in charge of that department. Right? And I <laughs> yeah. got to get out of there because, yeah. you know, I can spend two, three hours there and, and not get things done in my yeah. area. And so uh, I'm passionate about that. And so it's harder for me to just completely let it go. So good. Abraham. I always think of the small church and, and they must say, you know what, that those are big church problems that you get to delegate work areas to other people. But we don't have that luxury. Well, the idea is that you don't stay there. Right. Uh, there's plenty of volunteers that are passionate about the little things that you're doing right now that they could be doing and feeling right. that they're doing something for God and right. understanding that that's their role in that time. But when it comes time that you have that person, you you do that first hire of staff or whatever, understand that that person needs to be able to do what they were hired to do as right. well. Right. So looking forward, you have to be able to delegate to volunteers right now what you would eventually uh, be able to delegate to people that you might have on staff. That's correct. But that's an intentionality on our part. Yeah. Yes. And if we can't do that, then you'll always be overwhelmed by work. Yeah. Wow. You'll always be overwhelmed. Uh, and then to that last point that uh, Ozzy says, that was my conundrum. That was my my thing coming in to, to Vital Church. I love to mix. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's my passion. Yeah. I love to do it. But that's not my role anymore. Mm. That's not my main role anymore. Yeah, right. Rodney uh, gets to do that. Uh, well, he was doing it before I was here. But sure. but when I came in, I wanted to mix. I wanted because <laughs> that's what I, I like to do yeah. and I'm passionate about. But I understand that going forward that not only do I have to empower him Come on. and mentor him to yeah. get to a certain level right. so that when I'm gone... It's not, it's not going to be noticeable. Right. And I also have to concentrate on the things that I have before me, you yes. know, in front of me. Uh, and that's the question. Like, when do we let go of those things that we're passionate about yeah. to be able to do those things that we're called upon to do? Sometimes it's hard for us because it's we hard. think it, the, the quality is going to come down. Yes. Because, man, we do it at the, at the highest level. Right. And they don't do it just quite like us. And so sometimes we don't let it go. We don't delegate it. And there's never growth. It's stagnated. It, it, it stagnates. Yeah. And so I've, I've always said this, that when you delegate a task to somebody and you ask them to do it, even though you're passionate about it, yes, the quality might come down or the work, it's not going to be just the same. 
But it's like an arrow. I mean, you, you're going back, you're going back. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, you, you let go of that arrow, it's going to go forward. And sometimes, you know, further, further yeah. than what we can yes. even take it, you know. Yeah. So, and we've seen that with a lot of our creatives and a lot of other teams that they've been taking it to, to the next level. I'll end with a story. I travel with a Christian record label and we do events, different events in different churches and different venues. But there was one day that they told me, you know what, we need a venue in the McAllen area. And I said, well, why don't you guys do it in our church? I said, the only problem is that that date, I already have a concert with another Christian artist and I'm not going to be able to be there. Well, do, do you want us to change the date? And I said, no, no, don't change the date. But you're not going to be there. We need you there. And I'm like, if there's one place, and this felt really good to say. <laughs> there was a proud, proud papa moment. Yeah, you know, okay. I'm like, okay. if there's one place that I know that I'm going to leave you and you guys are going to be taken care of and everything is going to be of the utmost quality, it's at my church. Wow. wow. So Praise I God. was able to say that. And the next day that I met them in another concert, when I see them, you know, coming in from the airport, it wasn't, hey, how are you doing? Hey, we missed you yesterday. None of, nobody missed me. <laughs> Everybody was like, your church, bro. Wow. Your church people, Rodney, your technicians, your media people, your greeters, your everybody was raving about our church. And that's not arrogance. To me, it was a, a testimony of what can happen when you're willing and able to let go of things for the betterment of the vision. Yes. And for the betterment, like you said, I can shoot things a certain way but if i have a group of people right you know imagine. thrusting behind it yeah man that arrow is going to go so much further that's good that's man. a good analogy that's really so good. good so good in order to handle more you have to grow the team and so to those of you leading smaller churches growth is a process and like abraham said you might think well we don't have the luxury of delegating you know what sometimes you have to create opportunities to delegate and i know the worry is well what about the budget listen in our experience that person ends up paying themselves, if you want to say yeah. it figuratively, because the work, the work that they do, the ground that they cover, and how it translates mm -hmm. to continued growth more than makes up for the investment that you are making. That's right. That's good. All right. Carla, you're going to say something? Yes. Um, I just wanted to, to say thank you, Ozzy. This is such a, a great topic. I know it's a topic that resonates with so many people. I am just thankful because throughout this whole conversation, there are so many great tips mm -hmm. that you can use right now. You're listening right now. You're, you're in the room right now. As soon as you end this conversation, there's things that you can already use and you can already apply. But my main takeaway this morning is that by you sharing this, you said mm -hmm. it's something that I'm putting out there mm -hmm. that, that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. So my main takeaway was also for us to exercise the maturity and the humility to acknowledge our deficiencies. Wow. But you yeah. went beyond that. So good. You worked on your deficiency. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's my takeaway this morning that we elaborated on the topic of time management, but Work what are you doing about yes. it? We mentioned Pastor David a lot, so I wanted to take this moment. Pastor David Gomez was and still is a friend of the Martinez family. Yes. He's the pastor at New Life Fellowship in Galveston, Texas. He and his beautiful wife, Fina, and his beautiful family have had such an impact in the Martinez family and now us. Yeah. And he's a ministry coach. Yeah. And not just a ministry coach, but he's a life coach. Yeah. I want to mention Pastor David because we mentioned him a lot in the yes. podcast. Because I am so passionate about what you were sharing, Ozzy, we went beyond just 
here's an agenda for the year. But last year, before the year ended, we said, if any of you want Pastor David mm -hmm. to make That's deposits into your life, right? Yeah. we want to give you six months that yeah. he can deposit into your life. Mm -hmm. And he's coaching you. How many are being coached? Shout out, because he can't see your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Can hear you. yeah. Yeah. There's like six hands in the room, seven. I am so proud of you because you're acknowledging there's an area that I need work in, but it's not like I'm helpless. That's that's how I am, yeah. you know? You're like, no, I, I want to improve. I want to get better because as I get better, the kingdom of God benefits. Right. I benefit. People around me benefit. My family benefits. I just wanted to mention Pastor David, and I just... If you're listening, if you're in the room here, like... Highly recommended. Hi, we highly <laughs> recommend. If you want information, you know, email us, message us, and we'll connect you with him. Uh, he's been such a great blessing. But acknowledge uh, your deficiencies and don't just point them out because um, next week we're going to expand a little more on this. Let's go. We can point out our deficiencies so well. But very few times do we do something about it. That's good. That's good. Thank you, Pastor Ozzy, for not just bringing a teaching, but bringing a teaching that you're putting into practice. Yeah, come on. So Such a you. rich conversation. Such a powerful closing statement. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, so much for challenging us through this session. Thank you for our listeners. Thank you for everybody in the room. And I pray, God, that we would be able to take some of these nuggets and some of these principles and apply them. We thank you that you give us tools and that you surround us with people that help us become better in our everyday walk with Christ, with our families, and in our workplace. And so again, let us apply it, Father, so that we might be productive and efficient to the glory of your name. And in your name we pray. Amen, amen and amen. amen. God bless you guys. Bless you guys. We hope you enjoyed being in the room with the leadership team at Vital Church. We pray that whatever takeaways you got from our time together will enrich your life, your leadership, and your spiritual walk. Remember to visit our website, vitalchurch.com, for all things Vital Church, and to follow this podcast so that you can join us for the next episode of In the Room.